everyone. It's Christmas season. I know I've already put up my lights, done most of my shopping, and I've watched 10 very predictable Hallmark movies with my wife. But I'm hoping you guys will have a great Christmas season. Get prepared. God's going to do something amazing. Here are your morning announcements. Hey there. We love staying connected here at ACC. Take out your smartphone, open it up to the camera app, and scan the QR code. Follow the link that pops up and fill out our online connection card. If you don't have a smartphone, a member of our host team will give you a physical connection card. If this is your first time with us or first time filling out connection, we will be sending you a sweet little something in the mail to welcome you. Kids Club is happening this Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. And don't forget the open door Christmas. Experiences are live for booking your seats December 23rd and 24th at 7 p.m. We can't wait. And next week's in-person registration goes live this afternoon at 1 p.m. Reminder, we have 9 a.m. experience, a 10.30 a.m. experience, and a kid's experience during the 10.30 a.m. Reserve your seats for you and the fam. See you then. All right, good morning. Well, I hope you're all doing well today. want to give praise to the Lord that we are uh, not entering a lockdown this week. Um, and let's just continue to believe. Let's continue to, to worship God, praise God, and thank Him that we are still here today. We are able to worship together. We are able to uh, still continue on the way we are, we are going with being respectable to what we've been asked to do. But we're just going to give uh, God the glory for that today. And we are just going to trust and believe that, uh, that we, will, uh, we won't enter a lockdown. You know, we're going to sit there and we're going to claim it. We're going to believe it. Just like uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego where they say we're going to believe our Lord will save us. But even if he doesn't, we'll still trust in him. And that's the way we're going to do it today. That's where we're going to do it tomorrow. And that's the way we're going to continue to do it. We're going to put our faith and trust in the Lord and believe in him. Because he is good. Amen. Today we are looking, uh, we're continuing on with our series, God With Us, and um, we are going to be looking at God with us in the wilderness. Last week we talked about God with us in the valley. Today we're going to look at God with us in the wilderness, and we're going to see what the difference is between the two. But we talked about how we experience these mountaintop uh, moments in our lives. We have these mountaintop experiences where we experience the goodness of God, we experience these, these, these really good seasons, but then we, we have moments where, where we have difficulty, and when we find ourselves on the mountaintop, we get thrusted down into the valley, where we, we experience these, these hard, painful, and difficult times. And though we may enjoy God on the mountaintops, we get to know Him intimately in, in the valley. All right, so that's, that's what we talked about last week. This week, we're going to be going on um, and continuing on uh, with the wilderness. And so I want to start off with a story before we do. Uh, this story, it, it goes like this. There was a, a man who got lost in the desert, okay? He had, he had water. Uh, the water in his flask had run out. He is no longer have any nourishment to keep him going on in his journey. And so He's, he's going through, and, and, and he, he knows that if he doesn't find water soon, if he doesn't get that life source, then he's going he's, he's gonna to die. He's not going to make it uh, to his, his destination. 
So he saw this small hut in front of him. I don't know if you've ever gone walking in a desert or if you've ever gone walking on a hot day and you see like the mirages, right? Or if you're walking down the road, you could, if you're far off, you could see it looks like, looks like water on the road, but the closer you get to it, you realize it's just nothing. It's dry. It's barren. Well, so this guy's looking. He sees this hut, and he's starting to think, am I, am I imagining this, or is this real? So he decides, well, I've <clears throat> got nothing to lose. Might as well walk towards it. So as he gets closer to it, it gets bigger and bigger. He realizes it's not a mirage. This is a real deal. This is, a, this is a, an actual building. So he gets there, and, and as, he, as he drags himself through the front door, he realizes that the hut's un- unoccupied. There's no one. It looks like no one's been living there for quite a while. So he enters into it, hoping he's going to find water inside. And so as all of a sudden his heart, his heart jumps, and he sees this, this bottle on, on, on this table, and he gets excited because it has water in it. And he sees this water pump. And so he gets really excited. He says, oh, oh praise the Lord, I found some water. So he gets the, the pump and he starts pumping and nothing. Nothing comes coming, coming out of this, this. So he looks at the, the, the bottle and, and he sees that there, there's water in it. And so he's, he's wondering what, what to do. And so as he tries to pump, he pump and he sees that there's nothing else. There's nothing coming up from this, this well. And see, valley moments, they come after mountaintops, but so can wilderness or desert seasons. We experience desert seasons. And one great example we see with the desert season following a mountaintop experience is with Jesus' baptism. So we, we see this moment where, where Jesus walks up to the, to, to the River Jordan, and he, John the Baptist is there, and there's a crowd of people, and and he, he approaches him, he approaches his cousin and says, okay, you, you, I need you to baptize me. He goes, I can't baptize you. I'm not even worthy to take off your shoes. Like, no, I, I'm not going to baptize you. But he ends up going through it anyways. And we know that story, right? The, the amazing experience that happened as he was baptized, the heavens opened up, the dove came down, the Lord spoke. It was just an amazing, amazing experience. And then what happens after that? What happens after that, that, that moment? As we see the very next lines, we see that Je- then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And, and even Jesus experienced this wilderness moment. It, Jesus experienced a lot in those 40 days in that, des- in that desert moment. He, he experienced, he would face not just the three temptations that we know of, that, that we read about, but he was faced with every temptation you can think of in that in that moment. So he was faced with the temptations, but he experienced the, the lacking of what our body needs. He needed nourishment. He needed water. He needed all that kind of stuff, but he, he didn't have that. So he experienced so much spiritually and physically and emotionally. Because like we said, as he's, though he's fully God, he was also fully man. So his physical needs were, were letting him know that he, he needed something. And so we see these, these wilderness moments. And as we look at the Christmas story, as we look at Mary and Joseph and what's going on with them right now, we see this moment now where they're in this bit of a wilderness wandering state because that's, that's another thing we see with wilderness. This wandering is tied with wilderness. Uh, wandering is a very much part of it because you're, you're, you're in this wasteland. You're in this area where you don't know where to go or you have nowhere to go and you're just, you're lost and you're stuck in this, this barrenness. So we see 
Well, we see this, this part of the story with uh, Luke chapter 2, verses uh, 1 to 6, as Joseph had decided that he was going to listen to the Lord, he was going to trust in the Lord, and he was going to take Mary as his wife. And here's what happens. Is at the time of the, the Roman Emperor Augustus uh, decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first sentence, a sen- a census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their, their, uh, their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's in, uh, ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, who, whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, time, the time came for the baby to be born. Joseph is now finding himself in this place where he has to pack up his family, and they now have to travel. They now have to start heading out, <clears throat> and they need to register for this census because this is the decree that, w- that has been placed on all the people in the land. And so, he announced, so Mary now has to go, go with him, who is almost due to give birth to Jesus. And, and so they're in, this, they're in this wilderness now where they have to pack up and they have to go. They have to travel. They have to go through, travel through this wasteland pretty much to go to Bethlehem. And, and we know what happens, and we'll get to that in a little minute. When they receive Bethlehem, their problems don't get fixed. In fact, the problems actually get worse as they, as they, uh, as they arrive. But when you enter at wilderness moments, when you're in this place, of wandering in the desert, there's this, there's this spiritual, physical, emotional battles you face, just like the valley, but you also experience loneliness and desperation. Loneliness and desperation is something that is also tied with the wilderness. Have you ever gone for a walk and you didn't give yourself proper nourishment? You didn't have enough water. You didn't have enough food. You didn't have enough resources to help get you through this, this moment. Uh, it becomes very difficult. You, you're, you actually start to get this sense of desperation. You'll do anything for a glass of water. You'll do anything for a granola bar just to get yourself some nourishment. Wildernesses, like I said, are dry, barren places, and they last longer. They last longer than your valley moments. Your valley moments, you experience a lot, like we talked about, you experience that emotional, spiritual battle, but they usually don't typically last as long as a wilderness stage. Uh, just ask the people who, uh, who were wandering in the desert uh, after, after the Red Sea. We all know why that happened, right? They disobeyed, they, they didn't follow, and then they were stuck in this wilderness, and they wandered for 40 years. Sometimes wilderness may not take 40 years for us, and hopefully it doesn't. Um, but sometimes wandering takes a long time, and we don't know what's going on, and we don't we, we, we don't have this sense of what's, what's happening. And maybe some of you are in the wilderness season right now. You're in it. You're in the thick of it. You're, you're, you feel it. You're exhausted. You're drawn out. And, and you're wondering when this wandering is going to end. When, are we gonna st- when am I going to finally start to get back on track? When am I going to finally get out of this barrenness, this wasteland, this desert? You know, um, I, I, I remember a moment in my life when I was in this in my late teens, early 20s, and I had, I had, uh, was graduating from, from high school, and I was going into college, and I kind of knew what I wanted to do at this point. I hadn't really received a calling in the ministry yet, and, and I, I, throughout high school, I, I helped a lot with the special needs kids, and I, I helped, 
uh, in, those, in those areas. And I, I just really loved to, to do that. So I thought, oh, maybe I can go into somewhere in that field. And so I decided to go into the children and youth program, uh, children and youth uh, care worker program uh, at St. Clair College. And uh, that was a challenging season for me. That was a, because uh, I knew what I wanted, but there was, <laughs> there was some uh, reading materials that were just, it was way beyond me. I'm just like, ah, I don't even know half these words that they're, they're, they're telling me to read here. I don't understand what this, a lot of this is. But it was a lot of it to do with psychology, a lot of it to do with, uh, with, with, with that kind of area in that field. And so I struggled, and, and it was difficult, and I finally got through it. And so we're starting the second semester, and I'm, I remember sitting, sitting in the class. We had purchased all of our books, and we were, we were going through the studies, and the semester, or the class came to an end, and that's when our professor decided to let us know whether we were actually making it through the class or not. So think about this for a second. I had already purchased all these, these materials. Everyone had already purchased all these materials, and some of us were going to be told we weren't making it through to the next semester. Then what was I even sitting there in the first place? I happened to be one of those that wasn't making it through. I remember feeling a whole wave of emotions, like anger. Why did I spend the money on the books and I'm not even going to be pursuing? Why did I have to sit through this? Now I'm starting to feel shame and I'm starting to feel disappointment. Like, I failed. I, I, I failed at something. And now I had to go and tell my parents. <laughs> I had to tell, uh, you know, I had to let people know that I wasn't going to be in that program anymore. And so there was a season where I felt lost. I had to take a semester off. I didn't know what I was doing. I felt like I was wandering. I felt like, well, I guess I'm just going to work because I have nothing to do this semester. And then, uh, you know, I thought, well, okay, I'll take, I'll, I'll take another class. I'll make another program in the, in, the, in, the, in the September season. And again, I took a program that I liked doing, but I really didn't know that's what I wanted to do in, in life. And I spent two years through that program and I completed it, still not really understanding what I was doing in life. And I felt like I was in this state of wandering not sure what God had for me, not sure what my purpose was, not sure what I was supposed to do. And uh, what, one of the things that we're going to look at as we struggle, as we, we look, look through this uh, thing of, uh, of, of wilderness, when you're in the wilderness, wilderness, we feel disoriented. I felt disoriented in that season. We can feel alone. We can feel like you know, nobody understands what we're going through or no one's able to help us or who we can even depend on in those moments of wilderness times. And a point that we're going to focus on as we continue throughout this morning is that our deepest needs, our deepest needs becomes a gift when it drives us to depend on God. Our deepest needs becomes a gift when it drives us to depend on God. When we're in the wilderness, when we're in those moments of wandering, we need to depend on the Lord. And, 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 and our, our biggest gift, our biggest gift, when you think about it in those wilderness times, is, is bring us to a point that we are in need of depending on Him. Our biggest gift is that moment where we feel like we have nothing left other than to, 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 to draw to and, and depend on God, depend on His nourishment, depend on His leading. And so, so we're, we're going we're gonna to look back for, for um, a second here as we look back at Joseph and Mary and as they're having now to trek from Nazareth to Bethlehem and 
now they, they, they have a need here. And I just want you to think about for, an ex, for a second on what this journey would have been like for them. You know, because right now, if you were to dra- travel from Bethlehem to, to, to Jerusalem, it'd be about a two, three-hour car ride, okay? You know, it'd be like jumping on the 401 and driving to Woodstock. You know, it's not too bad, right? But, you know, unfortunately for them, the automobile hadn't been invented yet. So they were left with animals or their own feet, and they had to walk from Bethlehem to Jerusalem. And so that would have been, that route uh, would have been extremely demanding, depending on what they would have done. They could have taken the trade route, or they could have taken the flat route. They could have, they, they could have gone a couple of different ways uh, traveling, but um, that 90-mile trip would have taken them roughly around four to five days to complete. And so, ladies, just imagine if you would. You are now having to make this journey pregnant. Eight months pregnant, okay? And you are now having to trek all the way through. You're probably thinking, you just had to be a part of David's bloodline, didn't you? (laughs) Couldn't you have been a part of a bloodline in the town next door? So now they're having to trek, and this, this... this would have been physically demanding, emotionally. It would have been, would have been hard. It would have been uh, very, very difficult for, uh, for really anyone, but also especially more so someone who's pregnant. And so they're, not just now, they're now taking this, this journey. And like I said, it doesn't get better for them when they get to, Be- when they get to Bethlehem, or not Jerusalem, but Nazareth to Bethlehem. When they finally get there, it doesn't get better for them. And they, they're in a, still a state of wandering. You know, when, you, when you're on a trip, when you're on a vacation and you're traveling, you're traveling a long distance, isn't it amazing? Doesn't it feel great when you finally arrive to your destination? You feel like you can finally relax. Unfortunately, they didn't, they didn't get that moment right away anyways. But when they finally get from Nazareth to, to, to Bethlehem, uh, they, 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 they still have this, this challenge. They still have this challenge of wilderness moments. And so we need to take this time to, to look at a couple things that we could do when we depend on him. Because again, your deepest need becomes a gift when it drives you to depend on God. And so the first thing we can do is we could start by listening for directions. There's the map right there. That's the, that's the, the journey that they had from, from Nazareth to, to Bethlehem. That would have been fun, eh, by feet? So we need to listen for directions. And how many times have, 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 we, have we spoken, uh, has God spoken to us, or we've received directions where we just weren't listening or paying attention? How many of us have been there? I, I, I think we've, we've all been there at some some point in some way, some shape or form. But when we're in the wilderness, we need to be listening for directions. Because again, when you're in the wilderness, you don't see, you don't, you don't see any, any destination. There's no landmarkers usually. It's usually just uh, uh, trees or, or, or brush or, or just openness. And you don't know where you're going. And it's very easy to get lost, very easy to get lost in the wilderness if you don't have a good sense of where you're going. And if you're just wandering, it's so important, it's so vital that we listen for directions because those directions will help guide us through that, uh, that season. But when we're, when we're wandering, we can get lost and we can, get, we can struggle. And it, 
but it's, it's, it's in those moments where we need to stop and listen. Listen for directions. Listen the way God speaks. Because God will give us directions. He'll give us directions in different ways. And, and we'll look at a couple ways here as uh, for a, a big example about how God gives us directions. Um, and he gave directions to the, the, uh, the shepherds. The shepherds were a great example of, of people who were in the wilderness, who were just sitting out there with their sheep, and God came and spoke to them and gave them a very important, vital direction. And here's what it, here's what it says in, in Luke, in, chap, in chapter 2, verses uh, 8 to 14. It says, the night, uh, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of, uh, of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord. He has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find, him, uh, find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of, the he- of heaven praising God and saying, Glory to the God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. God wanted the shepherds to see this miraculous thing that had happened. He wanted them to know, he wanted them to experience this, that a baby has been born to them. Um, and, and, and what's so amazing is the way God chose to reveal to the world. The way he chose to reveal it, he met these people where they're at, in, in, in this wilderness, he met them, and he, and he gave them this, this vision, this idea, this message. He says, listen, this is how you're going to find them. This is the direction I want you to go. You're going you're gonna to travel to this place. You're going to see this, this, this Lord that has been, been born to you guys, and you're going to find this baby, and he's going to be wrapped up in cloth, and he's going to be um, lying in the manger. And so, this, this is just amazing to think about. This is how God chose to, to, to enter the world. This is how he chose to, to bring salvation to the world. He decided to enter it, not in what they thought was going to happen, in, in this vast army, shining, wonderful, vast warrior that's going to take over the world for them and, 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 and cast out uh, the Roman Empire and bring a restoration to them. No, he chose to enter the world as this little, innocent baby. So now they're, they're here, and God uses his angels to bring the shepherds to this manger. He uses them to, to, to these angels to, to bring these guys to see this miracle that was born to them. And God, I don't know if God has ever spoken to you by angels. I know he hasn't with me. But God doesn't just use angels to speak to people, but he'll use dreams. He'll use visions. He'll use other different ways to speak to us as we, as we go. And in another way he does... Um, is sometimes he doesn't choose to, to use big, loud, booming ways to speak to us. Sometimes he uses in su- in, in different ways that are more subtle, more quiet. And we see this with Elijah in, uh, in 1 Kings chapter 19, where he chooses to speak to him in a very different way. In, in, in verse 11, it says, Go out uh, and stand. This is the Lord speaking to Elijah. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by. And a mighty uh, windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. 
After the wind, there was, a ter- well, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. We, when we find that life can get difficult, we're lost wandering, we have, to, we have to be very careful, but we also have to be very intentional in listening for the direction. We have to be very intentional in listening to him, listening to his guiding. And sometimes God chooses in the loud, uh, in the thickness of our issues, in the thickness of our wilderness, sometimes he chooses that whisper to speak to us. He chooses that whisper to speak to us, to let us know that he's there. And we have to listen to him. We have to be intentional and listen to, uh, to, to his guiding, to his leading, and let us take us through that difficult time in our life, especially in today. A lot of us who are going through a difficult time right now, through different seasons, physical, um, uh, through, through emotional, through uh, uh, financial, through relational, whatever that is, there is a difficult season in your life, and he's wanting you to, to listen to him. He wants you to hear him because he's speaking to you right now. Maybe you're listening. Maybe you're not. But he's letting you know, like, hey, listen, you can get through the wilderness, but you need to listen to me. You need to hear me. You need to let me guide you. You need to let me give you directions to get you out of it. He speaks to us. We just have to listen. And we can get through the wilderness by listening to his direction, by listening to his voice. But then we also need to have faithful expectation. Faithful expectation that he's going to do it, that he's going to see us through. Sometimes we, we, we don't necessarily believe. We say we have faith, but we don't necessarily expect him to actually do it. Sometimes we, 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 we think that, yeah, okay, I believe that God will see us through. I believe that God is going to get us through this. I believe that God is going to do it. But then we don't necessarily expect. So when it doesn't happen, we, we, we're like, okay. Yeah, I didn't really expect it. I wasn't really sure what God was going to do. But we have to have faithful expectation that he's going to see us through it. I want to go back to that story that we talked about earlier uh, with the traveler in the desert. And um, so uh, now that the man, he noticed the pump, it, it's not working, and he, he sees the bottle, and he sees this bottle with, with, uh, with water, and it's corked up to prevent the evaporation. So he uncorks the bottle, and he's about to take this big gulp. He's about to just chug this water back when he notices a piece of paper attached to it. And, 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 and there's a handwritten, handwritten on this piece of paper. It says, use this water to start the pump, and don't forget to fill the bottle when you're done. So he has this dilemma now. He could follow the instruction that he's been given um, to pour the water into the pump, or he could ignore it and just drink the water and, and be on and, and go, go about his day. So what, to, what does he do? What, what, what should he do? If he lets the water go into the pump, what assurance does he have that the pump is actually going to work? He could be throwing his only life source away, and, 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 and surely he will, he will die. He'll, he'll, he'll have nothing left. So he, he decides, well, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to trust and, and believe that this, these instructions are correct that this is a risk that I can take. And so he decides it, he's going to do it. So his hands are shaking, very nervously pouring the water into that well. 
and he pours it in, and he now he trusts and he's 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 wondering, okay, if this was this the right thing? So with eyes closed, with a prayer, he grabs the pump and he starts pumping, and he starts doing what the what the note said he should do. Then all of a sudden he heard a gurgling sound, and the water started to flow up out of this well. He couldn't believe it. He was ecstatic. He was he was amazing that he was amazed that this 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 refreshing stream started pouring out of this pump and now he started to realize that he is going to live that he's not going to die that this instruction that was given him was going to see him through so he filled up his his uh, his canteen he drunk as much as he could fill it back up and then he filled the bottle back up put the cork in put it by the, the put it back on the table where it was and he wrote on the note, he added his own little in inscription there saying, believe me, it works. So your deepest need becomes a gift when it drives you to depend on God. Mary and Joseph had faith in God. The shepherds had faith in God. The angels appeared to the shepherds and, and, and in the field, uh, their, their response, they, they could have just looked at this whole moment and said, well, that was really weird. Uh, okay, well, they I don't really know what happened. Maybe we shouldn't follow to go see. But they, they trusted and, and they, they expected. They said, okay, these are the, this is the instruction that God has given us. We should go. We should go and see if this is real. We should go and see what's going on. So they hurried to the village and they found Mary and Joseph there. And, and there was a baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everything that had happened that the angel had said to them. Um, about this child, all and 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 all the shepherds or uh, and all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. See, they had faith in God, and they had, not just faith, but they had expectation that what God had told them was going to happen. They had expectation that God, what God had told them, was real, and that it was it that he wasn't that he wasn't lying. He was leading them astray, but they believed that what he said was going to happen, and what he said came uh, came to be and that's exactly what happened when we are given ex direction when we are in those moments of wilderness when we actually start to hear from god and he gives us instruction on what to do we have to have faithful expectation that he's going to see it through and when we pray our prayers we have to have faithful expectation that he's going to answer them he may not that's the thing he may not but it doesn't mean that we shouldn't have expectation that he will and so he wants us to have that moment of expectation that, that he is going to see us through. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4 as we get ready to wrap up. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles that we, that you could that we could see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things we cannot see. For thi for the things that that we see now will be gone, but the things that we cannot see will last forever. So I want you to just take a moment right now. I just want you to close your eyes, and I just want you to think about your situations. I want you to take a moment and ask yourself: Are you in a season where you feel like you're wandering all the time? You feel like you're in a season where you're just out in the wilderness and you're not sure what to do or you're not sure where to go or you're not sure what God has for you or God wants you to do. Do you feel like you're just in the state of wandering? I want you to just, just, uh, just stop for a moment and I want you to just 
think about your situation and seek God in prayer. I want you to seek him, but I want you to just stop and listen to his voice. I want you to stop looking for him in different ways, in different areas, but I just want you to stop. And I just want you to sit there and, and listen for him. Because again, sometimes he shows up to us in dreams. Sometimes he shows up to us with angels. Sometimes he shows up to us through, through other people. Sometimes he shows up to us in these big ways, but a lot of times he shows up to us in this quiet voice. But we, we're so busy wandering that we're not listening to him. We're so busy wandering, expecting him to show up in other ways that we're missing that still small voice. Maybe you're here this morning and, 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 and you're not in a wilderness season, but, but you want to be more aware of him. You want to be more aware of his presence. You want to be more aware of, of, of listening to him and hearing him. I just want you to stop and I just want you to take a moment from the busyness of the rush, especially the Christmas season. I know Christmas season is probably one of the busiest times of the year for us. But in the busyness of everything, I just want you to slow down and stop. Just fix your eyes on him. So I just want right now, if we could all just stand. We could all stand because we're going to pray together. Because I, we do, we have a lot of people right now who are in wilderness seasons, who are struggling, who are having a hard time with different areas of their lives and it seems like they've been in it for a very, very long time. So right now, I want you to just close your eyes and as we pray, if you have a need, if you're in the season right now, I just want you to raise your hand and, and put your hand up to God. You can raise both hands if you like. If you have a need that you just need prayer for, just reach your hands out and just seek Him right now. Heavenly Father, Lord, we are all in different areas, different seasons, different stages of life. We all have different needs, Lord God. And right now, we all lift them up to you, Jesus. We lift those needs up to you. And God, I pray right now that you would meet us in our needs. You will meet us in our times, Lord God. I pray, Lord, that we can understand that our, the greatest gift that we can have when we're in these wilderness seasons is, 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 a, is a drawing closer to you, Lord God, depending on you, Lord. And right now, we're depending on you. We're depending on you for a miracle in our lives. We're depending on you to show up, to meet us where we're at, Lord God. If it's a physical healing, Lord God, I pray that you would meet that physical healing. If it's a financial need, Lord God, that you'd meet that financial need. If it's a, if, if it's a, a searching for a, a job or a career or just a new path, Lord God, finding a purpose in life, Lord God, I pray that you would just show up and give us that purpose, Lord. If it's if it's a relational bonding, a, a healing, mending that we need for with our relationships, Lord God. If there's forgiveness that needs to be made, Lord God, I pray forgiveness happens. If there's... Um, um, you know, Lord God, if we need to be delivered from a, a, a sin or, a ten, uh, or an addiction, Lord God, I pray that deliverance would happen. Whatever that season is, Lord God, you know the needs of our lives. I pray you meet them in Jesus' name. I pray you meet them in Jesus' name, Lord God, and I pray that, that this season that we're in, Lord, with this pandemic, Lord God, I pray that you would just show up through it all, Lord, that you would just make a way, Lord, that you would just do what needs to be done, Lord, Lord God, so that whoever whoever
comes up with this cure, Lord God, that they don't get the glory. Lord God, that you get the glory because you've been working through things. You've been working through all of this, Jesus, and that you want to, to make your name known, Lord God. Lord, and I pray that you would use us, your church, Lord God, not to be a bad, negative witness. We have enough of those, Lord God. I pray that we could be a positive, loving witness to the world that you are in control and that you love us and you care for us, Lord God, and that you want people to be drawn closer to you, Lord God, and depend on you, not on other things, but you. So Jesus, I pray this, as we get ready to go, Lord God, that we can understand that you were with us in the valley and you were with us in the wilderness, that we just need to depend on you and draw close to you and listen to your direction, Lord God, because you were there, you were speaking, and you want us to hear you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. God bless you. I hope you have a great day, and uh, be safe out there. And remember, remember, he is in control. This is Christ.